good morning. God is here. God is working. So let's just take this time that we have together to lift his name up, to praise him, to, to enjoy him, to enjoy his presence and to rejoice in what God has for us today. Would you stand? Let's stand. And we know that we can lean on him. We know we can depend on him. And our God has us all the time. just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you precious moms. Amen.
Father, as we continue to worship you with the giving of your tithes, and we pray that you'll continue to be blessed as we lift our praises to you and you inhabit those praises. Lord, we love you this morning, and we give you an offering of praise in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Gentlemen, come and receive God's tithes and our offerings. He's my salvation and my strength. The cords of death, they were surrounding me, but he heard my cry for
worship you, Lord Jesus. With all of our heart, soul, and mind, we worship you this morning. Lord God, you are worthy and only you are worthy. For everything that you've done for us, we give you praise. Salvation through your son, Jesus. Healing through his stripes. Restoration through your forgiveness. Reconciliation through the cross. Oh God, we give you praise. Father, I thank you for those that are in the service today that haven't been here for a while. Lord, I thank you for raising up Anetta. Father, here she is. You've put strength back in her legs. You've put spirit back in her joy. You've put joy back in her spirit. We give you praise. Father, I see Brian here this morning surgery this last week and here he is worshiping the Lord today. Praise you Jesus for touching his body. For touching his body. Father I see Rachel here this morning who also had some surgery and I praise you Father that you have raised her up and touched her. Lord I'm probably not seeing everyone. I'm probably forgetting someone. Lord put a spirit of forgiveness in their hearts right now if I've not called out their name but Lord I give you praise today. Father, I thank you for those that are watching by Facebook this morning. I, I give you praise for those that are watching on, the, on our computer, on our web broadcast. And Lord, I just pray that you would minister to their hearts today in the name of Jesus. For any of the moms that are watching today, Lord, I pray that there be a special blessing and anointing upon them. Father, we love you so much. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. We just take this moment. For all of our children to come. If they would, while they're coming, I want to remind everybody that we got two world quizzers going to Indianapolis to quiz. Come on up, kids. Right down here in front. And um, they're going to be standing at the back of the sanctuary this morning for what we call a retiring offering. And uh, what that simply means is, is that they're going to have their little quiz boxes out there, and we're going to fill them up with some cash this morning or a check. Or just throw in a credit card, whatever, you know, it'll be fine. And uh, just let us, uh, help us out. Get these, uh, Ella and Zahara. Is this all the kids we got this morning? Where's everybody? Really? Man, we usually have 50,000 children. Wow. No, Br Pastor Brad, you are not a child. Well, yes, you are. Yes, you are. 
Okay, just be seated for a second. I got to go find something. I got to go find something, all right? You, just hang on. Just hang on. I, I got to go find something. Do you have it? Do you have it? Oh, well, I guess not. Do you have it? You don't have it? That's too bad. Do you have it? No, you don't have it. Do you have it? You don't have it. Nobody has it. Do you have it? No, you don't have it either? What is it? What are we looking for? Do you know what? You're on a spy chase in children's church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Bible. You're looking for stuff. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Come back. Come back. But I'm not looking for the Bible this morning. Oh. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for peace. 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 You know what peace is? What is peace? Something like when people are quiet and they're like that. There's no noise. Let's practice peace right now, okay? Come on, let's practice peace. Shh. I hear noise. You know what? Jesus, hey, what are you doing? That's not peace. Okay, sit down. All right. You know what Jesus, Jesus said? Are you done? There we go. Thank you very much. Jesus said to us, I have come to bring you what? Peace. peace. I have come to bring you peace. You know what? He was in the boat one time and they were going across because he was tired out. He wanted to go rest. And so they got in the boat and he said, let's go to the other side. And while he was in the boat, he was so tired that you know what he did? He fell asleep. <laughs> he was in the middle. He was in the front of the ship and the wind was blowing and the waves were coming up over the edge of the ship and the disciples got all nervous and all scared and everything and it was not peaceful. It was not peaceful at all. In fact, it was really pretty, mm, it was pretty bad. And so the disciples went and they woke him up and they said, Jesus, don't you care? We're about to die. The waves are coming up over the side of the boat and it's gonna flood and we're gonna die. And you know what he did? He stood up in the boat and he looked into the wind and to the waves and the rain that was falling down. And he said, peace, be still. You know what happened? The waves stopped. The wind stopped. The rain stopped. And he went, and he went back to sleep. Yeah, may have been. Might have been. I know, I can see it from here. So when you go to children's church this morning, you're going to go on a spy chase and you're going to look for what? Peace. peace. You're going to look for peace. And I hope for Miss Jennifer's sake that you are peaceful. 
Cecia. Cecia. <laughs> Miss Jennifer, I think you may have fewer kids today, but I think they had red Kool Aid before they got here. You did? Yeah, I saw Jacob today. You saw, he was over there, Jacob? Okay, cool. See ya. Adios, amigo. Don't you love them? I love kids. You got to turn it on, buddy. Just push the button until the light comes on. That's awesome. Uh, scripture reading this morning, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you to be strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so that you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits so that no one falls behind or drops out. Amen. I think we got a little video clip of, for moms this morning. Let's recognize our moms. Okay. Normally, I'd probably have the oldest mom stand up and the youngest mom and so forth, but the oldest mom is like nobody can beat her. She's 100 years old, still going strong, still driving to church, and still celebrating motherhood. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I've never introduced you to my mother, and I want to honor her today. She's been gone since the year 2000. August of 2000, she passed away. My mother was a wonderful lady, not just because she did so many good things for me, but because of who she was. 
Most importantly, the most important thing my mom ever did was to pray for me and to love me. And I will tell you that there were times when I was unlovable. It's true. (laughs) I will see her again one day when the doors of eternity call me home. And it will be a grand reunion. I have very wonderful memories of my mom. She was a beautiful lady inside and out. And I miss her a lot during, especially on Mother's Day. And um, she didn't change a whole lot from that picture over the 80 plus years that she lived. And um, so I don't know that people hear from heaven on times like this when moments are happy, but mom, love you. And uh, still think you're the best. There's a couple other moms in my life. Um, One is my wife. She's not my mom. But she's the mom of my two kids. And she is... uh, the epitome of what a mother should be because she raised two children who love Jesus and are serving him. And I look back on the years that she spent investing in our kids and I could not have picked a better woman in the world to be the mom of my children. The other mom in my life is my daughter and I'm watching her grow and blossom into a beautiful woman and a mother as well to her three children who love her and adore her and uh, I'm just thankful for the moms that are in my life today and I just took this privilege as the pastor of the church to be able to call attention to some special people in my life so moms we got a little gift for you at the end of the service if you're a mother with us today uh, we want to celebrate you and uh, give you a small token of our appreciation Um, Once again, the quizzers are going to be at the back door uh, holding their quiz boxes. And as we leave today, let's give them a generous offering to help them get to Indianapolis and the world quiz. Also, during the next couple of weeks, they'll be selling some crafts and T-shirts to help raise some funds. And you can order a custom-made T-shirt. And all the proceeds will go to the world quiz trip. It's also my understanding that there was enough stuff left over from the garage sale that they're going to (laughs) have another one. Uh, June the 3rd, Saturday, June the 3rd, out at Carol Ann and David Ash's house. And um, they are so close, the mission trip group is so close to meeting their goal that they have graciously agreed that at least a third of the proceeds from that sale are going to go toward the world quiz. And if they get there quickly enough, half of the proceeds are going to go to the world quizzers. And we are gracious for that, Pastor Brad. Thank you so much for sharing the grace and sharing the rewards of of hard work. So we're grateful for that. Well, you might wonder, uh, why in the world am I continuing a a message on spiritual warfare, the battle for our souls on Mother's Day, when there's so many things that I could talk about? Well, it's because there's spiritual warfare going on all around us, and guess what? It doesn't stop on Mother's Day. In fact, in some ways, on Mother's Day, Spiritual warfare goes on even heavier for some people who don't have good memories of their moms, like many of us do. Uh, Pastor Brad has already read the scripture, so we're going we're gonna to go past that, if you would, 
uh, AJ, and we're going to go straight to um, the slide that says um, um, we battle spiritual forces. That's the one. The, the spiritual forces that we battle in our lives look like this. One is rebellion. We find in 1 Samuel chapter 15 these verses. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you as king. These were words uh, to the king who had rejected God. So, the battle that we are involved in deals with rebellion. I don't think there's any one of us that at some point hasn't dealt with rebellion in our lives. Um, that's maybe why mom was tough on us because we were a little rebellious when we were a child. Uh, I was not rebellious. I was just determined. <laughs> the second thing that we battle with is carnality. In 1 Corinthians, Paul gives us these words, you are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? You see, when we become a Christian, when God comes in and saves us through the blood of Jesus, there's supposed to be a change in us. There's supposed to be a transformation that takes place. And that transformation includes things like laying aside quarreling and fighting and arguing. Say amen. amen. Just want to make sure you're with me. If we haven't put those things aside, I think we need to take a closer look at how deep the salvation and the forgiveness and the restoration of Christ has gone into our lives. Okay? Uh, the, the third thing in this spiritual battle that we are against is self-centeredness. Isaiah chapter 14 says, How... How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? He's speaking about Satan, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, and when did you weaken the nations, of which you weaken the nations? For thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. Now, I, here's what I know. I know for a fact that there's probably not a person sitting here this morning, including myself, that would ever concede to the fact that we have ever quoted these words that Satan himself said to God. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to ascend to the... But you know what happens in our lives when we're dealing with self-centeredness? When we live in the middle of self-centeredness, when it's all about me, 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 when it's all about I, 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 we are in fact saying what Satan said. We are elevating ourselves above God's purposes in our lives. We're elevating ourselves above what God wants for us in our lives. And we're saying, I will make the decisions that are best for me. I will determine which direction I should go, which door I should go through, which path I should take, exclusive of what God wants me to do. That's called spiritual warfare. Because suddenly we went from being in God's plan for our lives to being in our plan for our lives and that's nothing more and nothing less than Satan did and Satan got thrown out of heaven for it. Let that sink in for a minute. Say, well, God would never throw me out of heaven just because I decided to do my own thing. 
I am not the eternal judge. I do not hold condemnation in my hand. But in my opinion, that's a very dangerous field to be playing on. So if you're playing there, I want to make a strong encouragement to you this morning. You might want to consider changing fields. The fourth thing is self-righteousness. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, For it is with grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that nobody can boast. I know I've shared this before, but I want to share it again. How horrible it would be to be in heaven. And you turn to the guy next to you and say, well, what did you do to get here? Well, I did this and this and this. And all of a sudden, you're feeling kind of sad and bad because you didn't do nearly what that guy did. But you see, not only is the field level at the foot of the cross, the field is level in heaven. We don't get there because of what we've done. We get there because of what Jesus did. So when we get to heaven and we begin to talk with one another and we say, how did you get here? By the blood of Jesus Christ, who saves me. That's how I got here. And everybody has the same testimony. And nobody's greater. Well, the spiritual forces that we battle against, um, or the spiritual warfare that we're, we're engaged in, is we battle against unseen forces. Uh, we read in Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in heavenly realms. Uh, we, can, we can move on to the next slide. Um, you see, we don't, if we could just battle things that we could touch and feel, I would feel more comfortable about that, wouldn't you? Because at least I'm on a level playing field at that point. I can reach out and I can touch you and I can grab you and I can punch you in the face and, you know, or whatever I need to do. And I can feel good about that. But here's the thing about spiritual warfare. We're not battling with things that we can see. We're not battling against forces that we can reach out and touch. We're battling with, with, with authorities and powers of the dark world that live in this spiritual plane that most of us rarely get involved in, except we don't know it. We're involved in it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what I like about little children. Uh, little children will often say things like, you know, I, I heard somebody talk to me yesterday. Really, who'd you hear talk to you? Well, I don't know. It was a man. He talked to me. Well, what did he say? He told me I need to be good, or he told me I need to forgive somebody, or he told me this. And I'm going, you know, I don't get too concerned about that too often because sometimes little kids can see into the spiritual world that you and I can't. In fact, Jesus said, until we become like little children, we can't receive the truth and the reality of, of the spiritual life uh, 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 that is going on around us. Uh, another portion of spiritual warfare that that we have to realize is that obedience is the key. James 1 says, do not merely listen to the world and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I like that. Don't just listen. Do it. Sometimes, sometimes Chris will say to me, you, you heard me, but did you, or you listened to me, but did you hear me? See, there's a difference between listening and hearing. 
You can listen. Every husband listens. <laughs> the problem is, we just don't hear. <laughs> Am I right, wives? Mm -hmm. yeah. You can work that out between the two of you when you get home, couples. Don't just listen to it, do it. You know, we read the word and we walk away from the word and it's like we forgot. And James is saying, listen, don't just listen to the word, do what it says. Another, another spiritual warfare battle that goes on is, is the lordship of Jesus Christ. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, given the names above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. Listen to me. There's coming a day when I don't care what religion you espouse, I don't care what God you pray to, there's coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, the life to God the Father. Satan himself will bow and finally say with his mouth, Jesus is Lord. Praise God. Another portion of spiritual warfare that we, that we deal with is the umbrella of protection. In Psalm chapter 5, it says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them sing. Uh, let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. And let those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Listen, when we're living in God's will for us and for God's purpose for us, there is a protection that God affords us that only the righteous can live under. You say, well, I don't know. I've been trying to do the Lord's will, and boy, I'll tell you, life has been rough. No, duh. Life does get rough. But think if you were out from underneath the umbrella of his protection, how, rife, how, how rough life might be. Well, Satan has set a trap for us. And uh, I want to talk about four different things that are a trap for us. Number one is never coming to Christ. There's a lot of people that have gotten into Satan's trap by never acknowledging Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Folks, that's why it's so important that we who have received Christ, those of us who have received Christ, are the light for them. That's why our lives who have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ need to be so different from the world over here that the world looks at us and says, wow, something's different about that person. What is it? We're the light of the world. We may be the only light they're going to see. We may be the only salt they see. We don't want to be pepper. <laughs> we want to be salt and light. Another portion of the trap is spiritual defeat. Satan came to Adam or to Eve and said in Genesis chapter 3, you're not surely going to die. 
For God knows that when you eat of the fruit, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good from evil. You know what? He was exactly right. But he used that truth out of context in order to deceive. And how often do we take something out of context and we get deceived by it? You know, there are, there are theologies out there that have taken portions of Scripture out of context and they've built whole theologies on them. Now, I, I don't have time to go into that, so I'll leave it alone. One of the other traps is eternal death. Jude chapter 1 says, Though you already know this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversions. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and slander celestial beings. Folks, we are living in a day and age where I have never seen such blatant slandering of celestial beings, such blatant per sexual perversions as we live under right now. And I'm going to tell you something. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what he destroyed as evil then, he will destroy as evil again. The difference being this, that there is a Savior who can deliver and who will save. Well, we move on then to the bait. What is the bait that keeps us in spiritual battle? Well, let's talk about it. First of all, um, there we go. I'm trusting you because my notes are skimpy down here, okay? The bait, first of all, is, is, is scandalum, is the part of the trap to which the bait is attached. We've got to identify that. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Oops, offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Jesus was plain, offenses are going to come into our lives. You, you're getting ahead of me. Go back up. It's all right. Just leave it there. Um, offenses are going to come. You are going to get offended in life. There's going to be somebody that says something, does something, and, and you know what? It's, it's the part of the trap to which the bait is attached, and this offense comes into our life, and we've got to be careful about taking it. He says in Psalm 55, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walked with the, thro uh, with the throng at the house of God. You see, I believe that one reason that true revival is absent from our church today is that there are, there are those who come to church week after week holding grudges against someone with whom they're sitting with trying to worship God. There are some churches where people come week after week, and I don't know why they bother to come, but they hold a grudge against the pastor. And in that context, somehow we expect God to show up. God's not going to show up and do anything when there's sin in the house because he can't bless sin. 
So if your house, if your personal house is not being blessed when we come together to worship and praise God, there might be a reason for that. You might need to do some soul searching. Find out where you're at. Attorneys will tell you that the most vicious court battles are divorce cases where there's child custody involved. We are even seeing now civil cases of brothers against brothers and sisters, sons against fathers and mothers. Are we living in prophetical times when it says that mothers will raise up against daughters, daughters against sons, uh, or sons against fathers, and so on and so forth? We're seeing it. We're seeing it. This truth remains. Only those who really care about you have the potential to really hurt you. Why is that? Because we have such a high expectation in our relationships that when someone says something or does something that's unexpected, it really hurts us. You think about that. Does what an enemy said to you or, or do to you hurt you? Not really. You don't even know who they are. So you let it go. But it's the ones closest to us. The higher the expectations, the greater the hurt. Let me just say one thing here. There are times we mistakenly take genuine direction or correction from someone we trust and love as hurtful criticism and become offended by it. Let me say that again. There are times in our lives when we mistakenly identify genuine direction and correction from someone we trust and love as hurtful criticism and we become offended by it. In those moments, it is best for us to step back, lay down our emotions for a moment and give critical attention to what is being said. And the bottom line is this. If the shoe fits, put it on and wear it and be thankful that someone was loving and courageous enough to step into your life to share with you what they just shared with you. Self-centeredness reigns out of control in our society and has even crept into our churches. We look out for ourselves to the neglect of those around us. And many people in the church are wounded, hurt, and bitter. They're offended. Unfortunately, they do not see that they've fallen into the trap of Satan. 2 Timothy 2 says, And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. We allow ourselves to become involved in quarreling or opposition, and we take the bait. What's worse, we often don't even know that we've taken the bait and we become entrapped. The prodigal son didn't realize his true condition until he woke up in the pigsty. Too often we don't realize that we're spewing out bitter water rather than pure water. When a person's deceived, he believes he is right even when he is wrong. Well, there's two kinds of offended people those who have been unjustly treated and those who believe they have been unjustly treated. And the people in the second category believe with all their hearts that they have been wronged. 
Often their conclusions are based on inaccurate information or the information is right, but their conclusion is distorted. Either way, they're hurt and their understanding is darkened and they judge by assumption and appearance and hearsay. Think about that. Those who have been unjustly treated, those who believe they have been unjustly treated. You know, I believe that, I believe that some of this goes to the very core of some of the things that we see in our society today. Some of the things that we're seeing in our society today happened so long ago that I can't even I can't even hardly describe to you what went on. But here's what I know in my heart. What happened back then no longer affects how I treat human beings. Human beings to me are one color, one soul, one person. We are all human beings. I am deeply sorry for what went on in our past. I am deeply sorry for what we did to the American Indians. I am deeply sorry for what we have what we did to African Americans. But because I'm sorry for all of that and I have put that aside does not mean that I need to live in it any longer. I can live above all of that. I can love every person for whom God created them to be. And I do practice that. And I hope the people around me see that. Enough said. The heart's true condition is this. We are full of pride. And we have been taught in our society that we have rights. Now let me say that we do have rights. We have been given unalienable rights by God our creator. But let me say this about the Christian. And before you get upset with me, let me get all the way through it. I believe as a child of God, as a Christian, We don't have rights. We have responsibilities. We have a responsibility to love unconditionally. We have a responsibility to reach every person that we possibly can with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to open our hearts with compassionate love to those who are less fortunate than we are. We have responsibilities to be Christ-like to those around us. And if we begin to claim that we have rights versus responsibilities, we immediately begin to separate ourselves apart from what God has told us to do. 
oh yes, I have rights. You don't have the right to do this to me and to do that to me and so on and so forth. But I have a responsibility to respond Christ-like in every one of those situations. Are you with me? Anger is a strong feeling of displeasure aroused by a wrong. We've already talked a little bit about offenses. I want to talk about anger for a minute. Ephesians 4.26 says in the message, if you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Don't let the sun go down with you still angry. Get over it quickly. For when you're angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. I'm sorry, that's out of the Living Bible. Anger can cause all kinds of issues in our lives. From simple stress to complex addictive lifestyles, drugs, alcohol, food, destructive behaviors, abusive personalities, irrational thinking, outbursts of anger, even to the extreme of acts of killing animals and or killing people. Today is Mother's Day. And for most, it's a day to remember our moms who were wonderful and they loved us and we loved them, but for some, it's a day of reliving unpleasant memories of a mother who wasn't there or, who, uh, or a mother who was there while things happened to you and nothing was done. Let me just say how sorry I am for those who do not share in wonderful memories of your mother. I cannot possibly understand the pain that you are experiencing. But let me ask you some questions. Isn't it time to let go? Isn't it time to lay to rest the things of the past so that you might embrace God's future for you? Yes, you were wronged. Yes, you were hurt. But the anger you still live in is destroying you. And God wants you to live in victory. More than that, he wants you to live in such a way as you have never thought possible to be free from the past. And I want to do something right now. I just want to pray. Let's just pray right now. I want to pray over you that have these kinds of feelings and anger toward your mother. And I want to ask God to heal you. Heavenly Father, there, there may be some that are listening by Facebook or by our web broadcast, and there may be some right here in this service who do not have feelings of love toward their mother and has been eating at them for years. It has controlled their behavior. It has been controlling their emotions. It has been controlling how they perceive things said to them. It's controlled their self-esteem and their worth, their self-worth. Father God, today on this Mother's Day 2017, I pray in the name of Jesus that they might be free from this past. Free them from this anger. Free them from this thing that keeps them from enjoying your best for them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Offenses can and almost always do lead to anger. Anger can and almost always does lead to bitterness. Bitterness can and almost always will lead to sinful thoughts like revenge 
and behavior reacting out of revenge. You see, there's a difference in my mind between anger and offense. When you're offended, there's almost always a second thought that comes along with it. I'll get even with you or I wish you'd get caught. That happens sometimes when I'm going down the road and I'm doing the speed limit and somebody goes by me 20 miles an hour faster and I'm going, oh, I wish there was a policeman around. Really? Do I really want that to happen? You see, Jesus went into the temple and he demonstrated anger. But he demonstrated a holy anger. You know, we all get angry. It's, it's a natural emotion that's within us. Jesus threw out the cheating, lying sales reps in the temple. His anger was for holy reasons. The temple was being disrespected. But it's important that we step back long enough to understand first the source of our anger. Is it because of an offense or is it because of something that we've seen that's unjust? Are we angry because someone told us the truth and they just weren't very kind about it or are we angry because an injustice has been done to us? There's very legitimate reasons for anger but low legitimate reason for us to allow it to control us and our actions. Paul says to get rid of the anger before we lay our head down on a pillow at night. He says to get rid of the anger before we begin to develop it into a grudge. Then we've allowed an offense to move into anger, to move into bitterness, to move into revenge. Get over it as quickly as you can. If you wake up still angry, you better get on your knees because you're giving Satan a foothold in your life that will continuously trip you up. I was very angry one time over something that someone said to me about my character. Now I'll back up and say I was offended and my offense turned to anger. But when I was able to step back long enough for God to speak to me, I discovered that though the messenger was not necessarily kind about the words or the actions used to speak the truth, the words were truth. And it caused me to have to embrace the truth, forgive the person, and ask God to help change me for the better. That's how we're supposed to deal with those kinds of things. Not everybody's going to come to us and say, oh, you know, I love you so much, but, you know, you got bad breath. <laughs> and they just give us toothpaste and toothbrush. And, I mean, that's really offensive, or it could be. But it depends on how we, you know, that's a time to step back and go, ooh, they're right. friend of mine who works in mental health once told me that he personally believes over half the patients he sees would not have issues if they would simply forgive people in their lives. Wow. So the question becomes, are you angry with someone today for what they did or said to you? Or what you believe they said or did to you? And I would like to pray with you right now in this moment. Bow your heads with me and let's pray. Lord Jesus, there may be somebody watching us today or someone right here in this sanctuary that's dealing with anger. 
They've taken an offense and the offense has turned into anger and the anger has turned into bitterness and, and right now they're wishing that somehow, somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone would get even with these people that have offended or, or that they've even prayed that you would do something to them. Father, help us come to that point this morning where we release these things to you and we step back from the anger long enough to embrace the truth and the reality and allow you then to shape us and mold us into what you want us to be, forgiving the, pe the, for, for, forgiving the offender and letting it go into your grace. I pray in Jesus' name. You know what the cure is? The cure is found in Revelation chapter 3. It says, write to Laodicea, to the angel of the church, God's yes, the faithful and accurate witness, the first of God's creation. I know you inside and out. Find little to my liking. You're not hot. You're not cold. Far better to be either hot or cold. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. You brag I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing. But you don't realize you're pitiful, a blind beggar, threadbare, and homeless. Here's what I want you to do. Buy your gold from me, gold that's been through the refiner's fire, then you'll be rich. Buy your clothes from me, clothes designed in heaven. You've gone around half naked long enough. Buy medicine for your eyes from me so you can see. The people I love, I call to account. I prod them, I correct them, I guide so that they'll live up at their best. Up on your feet then, about face, run after God, look at me. I stand at the door, I knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and I'll sit down to supper with you. Conquerors will sit alongside me at the head table, just as I have, have, just as I, having conquered, took the place of honor at the side of my father. That's my gift to the conquerors. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. The cure is simply this. Deal with reality. If you've got anger in your life, deal with it. Confess it. It's real. It's there. You deal with it every day. Why not just say, hey, I'm angry. And I went to bed angry last night. I got up this morning angry. I went to bed angry two weeks ago. I got up and I was angry still. It's time to deal with the anger. It's time to deal with the offenses. And then we're to repent. He said, remember the height from which you've fallen. Repent. And do the things you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come and remove your lampstand from its place. We've got to repent. Repent means we're not going to go back to this. We're not going to pick up the anger and the offense again. We're going to leave it at the foot of the cross. And thirdly, he says, buy this gold. Refined gold is soft and pliable. You can, you can, you can do this with your fingers with pure gold and you can, you can maneuver it. That's how soft and pliable it is. It only gets hard when you begin to mix other things with it, other metals, and, and that's why you wear rings. Your rings are not pure gold. They're like 10 carat or they're 14 carat gold. Uh, if you've got anything that's 24 carat gold, it doesn't last long because it just wears out and wears away because it's very soft. If you had anything out of pure gold, you would never wear it because it would, you know, you'd put it on your hand and it, would, it, it just wouldn't be there. It would reform every night while you're sleeping because it's so soft. That's how God wants us to be. Just buy this gold. Let me form you. Let me, let me, let me shape you. 
And if there's impurities, let me refine you with fire. And get the ref and, and through trials and tribulations, he begins to design us and to shape us and to purify us. Where are you today? On this Mother's Day, 2017. What kind of offenses are you carrying? Who is it directed at? Why? Is it a stumbling block? If it is, maybe this would be a good day to get rid of it. Amen? I'm going to ask Pastor Judy Castro if she would come and lead us in a closing prayer. As the praise team comes, we're going to close in just a minute. I don't know if that's on or not, Pastor Judy. Um, it'll say on the side if there's no numbers just hold it down until it lights up shall we pray this morning father we thank you that we have heard the truth this morning that Satan wants to destroy us but we've also heard that it's through the power of your son Jesus Christ and our belief in him that gives us the victory we thank you, Father, for the victory that we can have in our life over the things that Satan wants to, to do to us and to, to claim us. Father, we want to stay moldable. We want to stay in the center of your will, and we want you to guide us and you to direct us. And we just ask, Father, that you be with each and every one of us as we go through this week. May we be pleasing unto you, and may we do the things that you'd have us to do. And we thank you, Father, for all the mothers that are represented today for their love and their patience and their kindness and their love, and that's only through you. And we just praise and bless your holy name, Jesus, for we come before you asking that you bless us as we leave, as we go about our duties, and that we may be a pleasing aroma unto you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Just a couple of quick things. Next week is our blue and white banquet. Our caravans celebrate, caravanners celebrate their badges and all their awards for the year. Not very many of you have signed up for a wonderful spaghetti dinner to be served up by David Ash and uh, some helpers. And we need to know that you're coming. This is a great opportunity for you to come. We're just gonna take donations for the lunch. Um, and um, uh, so there's a sign-up sheet out there. Please take time to sign up today wonderful time. All of my leadership team will be there because we have our meeting immediately following that, uh, that luncheon. So there's a good group of people that will be there and we'd like for all of you to stay and to support our kids and to see what they've been doing this last year. Also, don't forget our world quizzers are going to be at the back door this morning with their quiz boxes. Let's fill them up. The second uh, garage sale, June 3rd, out at Carol Ann and David Asher's house. And uh, that's, there's you know, some other things in there that you want to look at, which you can read, but I just wanted to highlight those. Let's stand together.
is my prayer that these that are gathered around the altar will find peace in their lives. Father, that whatever they're carrying today, 
would find sweet release in the name of Jesus. Father, for those of us that are leaving, I pray that your peace, your grace, your mercy, your strength would follow us out of the doors of this place, into our cars, into our homes, and wherever we go this week. We give you praise for being here with us today. May your presence continue to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.